Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here. And I uh, would like to welcome you all to the Tuesday night Bible study. And uh, I'm actually going to be doing it a little bit earlier tonight because I got to. I got to get up early, early, early tomorrow. So uh, I'll be, I'm having to get up early tomorrow. So I thought if I do this a little bit earlier, um, while I get this stuff, you know, uploaded on the internet, I can eat and relax and then eventually go to bed. So I'm going to be doing this Bible study a little bit earlier than normal. Okay. And uh, so we are going to be in. First Peter chapter three, and uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Um, after tonight's message, um, we uh, we will be half done with First Peter. <coughs> so after First Peter, we will be getting into um, the book of James, and then uh, from there, I don't know where we're gonna. I don't know where the Lord would have me next. So. Um, after First Peter, we'll get into James. All right. Now, a couple of announcements uh, before we uh, begin, as well as prayer requests. Um, so, a couple of announcements, real quick. Uh, so, as you know, today's Tuesday, so we have our Bible study. So, this will be First Peter three. Uh, Friday is our fellowship. Our Friday night fellowship that will begin at seven o'clock, and we usually go a couple hours, so it'll probably be about nine o'clock by the time we get done. Um, so that's Friday, and then Saturday, uh, Sunday. I don't know what I'm gonna be talking about yet, um, unless I unless. Well, no, I don't know what I'm gonna be talking about yet. So stay tuned for that, and um, yeah, so. And then next Tuesday, one week from today, we'll be doing 1 Peter 4, okay? So tonight we're doing 1 Peter 3. Uh, a week from tomorrow, a week from today is 1 Peter 4. Um, this Friday is our Friday Night Fellowship starting at 7 o'clock. And Sunday, I don't know what I'm going to be preaching on yet, so you pray for me on that, all right? Um, next thing I want to kind of get into here real quick um, for prayer requests um, please do pray for me and my ministry and pray for our pray for the listeners on Facebook, YouTube, Sermon Audio. Um, do pray also uh, do pray for those who are in Afghanistan right now um, due to the fact that uh, a lot of our brothers and sisters, we have brothers and sisters in Afghanistan right now that could possibly be martyred because of their faith. So you pray for them and you, you pray on what's going on because it's a mess right now in Afghanistan. Um, our nation is a mess right now. And um, <clears throat> so there is just, it's just everything's a mess right now. Um, now there's, I've seen, I've seen some, I've seen talk on Facebook. I've uh, seen I've seen different posts and stuff of what could happen, and um, I'm not going to even touch 
I'm not going to even touch it because, first of all, we don't know if it's going to happen right away. Secondly, um, I'm not going to speculate on something um, that I really don't know for sure, okay? So none of us really know what's what's going to happen with all this, that's going on with, with all these re really odd stuff happening. So we're not even going to, I'm not going to speculate on it. I'm not going to touch it yet. Uh, just time will tell, okay? So uh, I just, I don't want to, I'm kind of putting myself out there being neutral, um, my job as a preacher is not to speculate on things, but I am called to preach the gospel, okay? And there is things coming down the pipe. What I can tell you for certain <coughs> is there is things coming down the pipeline that's going to make all this stuff with COVID look like a walk in the park. Okay? So, with that said, that's what I'm going to tell you. Now, what that is, I don't know. What I do know is there's much worse things coming. When, I don't know. Okay? So, I'm not going to sit here and speculate with you. I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories. Right now, we need to preach the word of God. We need to continue to serve God. And I don't, listen, whether things are things get worse or not, we still need to serve God. Okay? I need to serve the Lord. We all need to serve the Lord. Amen? Let's not speculate on conspiracy theories, but let's focus what God has for us to do at this present time. And at this present time, we're not seeing a whole lot of persecution right now. We probably will in the we probably will in the future. No doubt about that. Okay, but for right now, we need to focus on today. Okay, focus on today. <clears throat> I need to focus on today. You need to focus on today. We ought to focus on today and focusing on what the Lord would have us to do. Amen. So I'm not going to get into speculation. I'm not going to get into uh, conspiracy theories. You know, And listen, I enjoy good conspiracy theory here and there. But listen, right now is not the time to get into conspiracy theories. Right now is the time to focus on the Lord and focus on what he wants us to do. Because there are people still being called to the mission field. You know, people uh, are still going to church. You know, we ought to continue doing such things. Amen? So, anyways. I'm not trying to get off on a tangent here. Okay? So, do let's do pray for what's going on right now in Afghanistan. Um, do pray for my ministry. Pray for those who watch and listen. Um, and also, I did, I want to say this, and this is probably gonna be kind of weird to say, um, but if you if you enjoy what the Lord is doing with these videos, if 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 you do enjoy what God is doing uh, with these videos, um, please feel free to give a like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel.
And don't, please, don't ask for my permission to share them, share the videos, because I'm giving you permission to do so, okay? So you guys, I want you to share them. Don't wait for my permission. Just share it anyways, okay? But if you like what the Lord is doing with these videos, if you're if you're blessed by them, please uh, please like, share, and subscribe, and um, comment, um, share them with people. Get the word out, Amen. Because the word of God needs to get out, especially in today's day. Now, <clears throat> with that said, let's go ahead and get started. Um, we are in First Peter chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started here. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 7 and go from there, okay? So 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won, by the conversation of the wives, <coughs> while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorn, adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on apparel. <coughs> and we're going to be getting into that too here in just a little bit. But let it be hidden, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the, whole, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord." whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay, so we're going to focus on those first seven verses before we continue to move on. Excuse me. So, verse one says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. <coughs> now, we see here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Now, the wives are to submit themselves to their husbands, okay? This is not a, okay, we got to remember, okay, the husband is not a dictator, okay? 
So the relationship between a husband and a wife is not a dictatorship. It's a headship. Okay? The husbands are supposed to love their love their wives. And the wives, out of love, are to submit to the husband. Okay? A dictatorship basically says that... Um, basically, there is no love in a dictatorship. But in a headship, there is love. Okay? Now... In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, it says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, it says, In like manner also that women adore themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided, broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly away, away. Now, with women, there is to be modesty amongst women. Okay? And also, I do want to point out here, in Timothy... That beauty is not to be a main thing. Okay? I'm talking about physical outward beauty. Okay? It's what I'm saying is, is that Beauty on the outside is not what matters. It's beauty in the heart that matters. <clears throat> because you'll find out that a lot of women who are not born again, who are harlots, um, will adorn themselves to be beautiful on the outside. Why? So that men can lust after them. So beauty on the outside is not really that re relevant. It's the beauty of the heart that matters more than the beauty on the outside. Okay? In Isaiah chapter 3, verses 18 through 24, it says, In that day the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their calls and their round tires, like the moon, the chains, and the bracelets, and the mufflers, the bonnets, and the ornaments of the leg, and the headbands, and the tablets, and the earrings, the, the rings, and nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles, and the wimples, and the crisping pins, <clears throat> the glasses, and the fine linen, and the hoods, and the veils. And it shall come to pass that instead of a Instead of sweets, instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink, and instead of a girdle, a rent, and instead of well set hair, baldness, and instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth, and burning, instead 
instead of beauty. <clears throat> okay, so again, we women are... The beauty of a woman should really be the beauty of her, of the heart, of the soul. Okay? God does not take a look on the outside appearance. He looks at the heart. So women should have a beautiful heart, a beautiful spirit. Because a beautiful heart and a beautiful spirit is worth more than an attractive look. Because when women try to look attractive and attire and all that stuff, they want to draw attention to themselves so that men can lust after them. Okay, now, Jezebel was one of those... That is like that. Jezebel is attractive. Why? Because she wants men to lust after her. Okay? 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30. And when Yehu was come to Yetzreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tied her head and looked out a window. So what does it mean that she painted her face? It means that she put on makeup to make herself look attractive. To look beautiful on the outside. To try to trip up Yehu. Okay? Now, we also see here, in the book of Revelation, the attractiveness of Jezebel. Okay, <clears throat> Revelation chapter 17, verses 3 through 5. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Okay, so I want you to pay attention to this. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a gold cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. Now when you take a look at that, <coughs> God is... Like I just said, God looks not on the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. But you see here that God is showing what Mystery Babylon is wearing. The outside. And you see all these attractive things. <clears throat> Excuse me. You see all these attractive things about Mystery Babylon. And you also see that she's holding a gold cup in her hand. 
which is full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. <coughs> so you see that Mystery Babylon is all about the appearance, looking beautiful on the outside and not the inside. But women should have a should look beautiful on the inside and not the outside. <coughs> Amen. Because listen, beauty is beauty. Outward beauty is not everything. Okay. It is inward beauty. That matters more than outward beauty. Amen. So all you women. Don't try to adorn yourselves outwardly. And wear things that are not modest. Because if you start wearing immodest clothing and, and start painting your face and making yourself look attractive on the outside, you will have men lust after you. And by the way, whose fault is that? Well, partially, <clears throat> excuse me, partially that's your fault because you drew attention to yourself. You wanted attention. You wanted men to lust after you by your immodest clothing. But the other part of it goes to the man because he shouldn't he has no business looking at you and lusting after you. No business. There is shared blame to go around when a woman wants attention. By the way, when a woman wants attention like that, when she has to wear immodest clothing to, to adorn herself beautiful on the outside, that's selfishness and that's pride. God resisteth the proud. Remember that. Inward beauty is what counts... Inward beauty counts more than outward beauty. <clears throat> now, let me tell you something about what's going to happen to Mystery Babylon because of her outward beauty <clears throat> and because of her sins. Okay, Revelation chapter 18, verses 12 through 19. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones. And of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men and the fruits of thy soul lusted after are departed from thee and all the things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee and thou shalt find no more at all the merchants of these things 
which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed. Okay? Look at this. This is an outward beautification and outward adorning. Okay? The great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads. And cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea, by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. <coughs> Take a look at America today. We're trying to make ourselves look attractive and and by the way, we made ourselves look attractive because of the riches that we have, the idols that we have, um, all these things that all these riches and, and, and honor and all this stuff, okay, that's what America is. And can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? That all the nations, <clears throat> um, all, let's see, hang on a second. Um, let's see here. Turned into hell. In Psalm chapter 9, verse 17, it says, The wicked should be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. We as a nation have forgotten God. We have forgotten God. We have painted ourselves and adorned ourselves with all these riches. Made this country look attractive on the outside. We tried to have a beauty on the outside. And you want to know something? Mystery Babylon was made desolate in Revelation 18. And we read here in Psalm chapter 9, verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. If America does not repent of her sins and come back to God... America will be turned into hell, and God will will let it happen. God will turn America into hell. Don't be ignorant and thinking that he won't, because he will. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. So America, you need to repent and go back to God. You need to go back to God. Quit adorning yourselves 
on the outward get right and have a more and have a beautiful spirit within you but america's spirit because we chose to beautify the outside and have chosen to rebel the spirit of Amer- the spirit of america is turning dark and this is where as god's people we ought to be shining as lights Do you see why it is important for us to live holy and separated and sanctified lives? Because when the spirit of America is getting darker, you need to shine and let your light so shine so that others may see and glorify your Father in heaven. The spirit of America is darkening And where is your light? Where's your light? Let your light so shine. We need to live a separated and sanctified life. Because America is adorning herself on the outside. And because of that, there is a pride, there's pride and rebellious in our nation and other nations are lusting after America and when I say lust I'm not talking about that in a good way a lot of the nations are communistic nations and they are lusting after America Inward beauty is more important than outward beauty. Remember, God looks at the heart, not the outside. We ought to do the same. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? We ought to be doing the same. In Titus chapter 2, verse 3, it says, The aged women likewise... That they be in behavior as becometh holiness, and not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. <clears throat> okay, Matthew chapter 5 verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Romans chapter 7 verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Look at that. For I delight in the law of God after what? The inward man, not the outward man, the inward man. Amen. Psalm 51, 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Genesis chapter 18, verse 12. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, (coughs) After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? So you see that Sarah is giving reverence to her husband, and by that, 
She did that by calling him Lord. Lowercase L-R-D. Okay. Now, Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians 5.28. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Amen. Now, let's pick. Let's go back to. Let's go back to First uh, Peter three. And let's go and read. Uh, we'll read in verses eight through eleven. <clears throat> Excuse me. Eight through eleven. It says, "Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another." Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or running for railing, but contrarize blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that ye shall inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. <coughs> hmm. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Okay? Now, in Romans chapter 12, verses 16 through 18, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man... Evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Can I tell you something? It is possible to live peaceably among all men without compromising your faith and what you believe. I'll give you an example. Okay, I work with someone, won't mention his name, but he is a pagan, and uh, we are completely polar opposites of one another, and we believe very, very differently, okay? There's some things we agree on politically, but we don't... There is very few things that we do agree on. Okay. Now. We have a lot more disagreement with agreement. But. Here's the point. I can live peaceably with him. In fact. That if we disagree. Me and him. Can cordially. Disagree with each other. Respectfully disagree with each other. And yet still work well together. Now when I say work well together, I'm not talking about being yoked. What I'm talking about is I can still work with them without having a disturb without having and creating a disturbance. Okay? 
And there are just times that we just have to agree to disagree and leave it at that. Okay? And a lot of times we just agree to disagree. And we leave it at that. Okay? Live peaceably with all men. It does not just say believers. And it does not just say some men, but it says live peaceably with all men. Amen. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 31. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not 1 to 31. That would be a large chunk, right? So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Okay. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering. Forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 to 32, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Okay, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, bearing of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. <clears throat> Let each esteem other better than themselves. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another, with a pure and fervently with a with a pure heart fervently. First Peter chapter five verses five through six. Likewise ye younger submit yourselves <clears throat> unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subjected to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Whosoever shall exalt themselves shall be abased, but whosoever shall humble themselves shall be exalted. Humble yourselves, submit yourselves one to another, and have humility, not pride, but have humility <coughs> towards one another. In Genesis chapter 42, verses 25 through 26, then Joseph commanded to fill their sacks with corn and to restore every man's money into his sack and to give them provision for the way. And thus did he unto them. And they laid their asses with corn and departed thence. 
And Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22, it says, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. What that means is God is the only one who can avenge his loved ones. When someone has wronged you, if a brother has wronged you, you need to get that right. Even if, 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 if a lost person, even if a lost person has wronged you, you should try to make it right. But if they don't want to make it right, then you just got to shake the dust, dust off your feet and leave. Okay? But you are not to reward those who hate you with evil. Do good to them. I'll give you an example. Let's just say that you're driving along and someone flips you off. They give you the bird. Okay? Of course, that would make anyone upset and mad. Alright? What you need to do is don't react. Don't be so quick to react to get back at them. You just... You just mind your business. Let them do whatever they want. Forgive them and move forward. Because if they do feel bad about it, though, I mean, <clears throat> if you do good to them and after they've done evil to you, you, you may heap hot coals upon their head. So be so do nice. Don't react. Okay, if someone made you if someone upset you and did wrong to you, don't be quick to act. You keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say a word. And you just don't do anything. Don't react. Don't don't uh don't don't try to don't try to get back at them because it's not it won't work. If you get back at somebody, you'll sin by doing it because of your of your flesh, okay? God can avenge his loved ones in such a way that he can do it without sin without sinning. You know why? Cuz God is God is perfect, he's clean, he's pure. God does not sin. We do. So don't try to take revenge upon yourself. Let God avenge you. You pray for that person. Love them. Love on them. But don't don't get revenge. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 29, But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Forbid not to take thy coat also. In Psalm chapter 34 verse 12 through 14, 
What man is he that desireth life, and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it. In Job chapter 1, verse 1, There was a man in a land of Uts, whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God, and escheweth evil. In Job chapter 2, verse 3, it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, and a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. In Job chapter 28, verse 28, it says, And unto man, he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. If you want wisdom and understanding, depart from evil. Because if you truly fear God, you would hate sin. And you can only hate sin if you are born again. Because people who are lost don't hate their sin, they love it. But a born again believer, they hate their sin and despise their sin. And they're dead to sin. Amen. Now, let's go back to 1 Peter 3. Let's uh, read here verses 12 through 17. <clears throat> for, the, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you, if ye be followers of that which is good? But And if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Remember, okay, be in... Now, for any given Christian, you ought to be ready, be instant, in season and out of season, to give an answer. Always be ready. Don't ever be unprepared. Always be ready to give an answer. Be instant, in season and out of season. Um, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, that they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Now, <clears throat> in Psalm chapter 33, verse 18, it says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. So if you fear God and you hate your sin, 
and you hope in his mercy. The eyes of the Lord are upon you. God's looking out for you. In other words, amen. And Psalm, uh, and actually going back up to verse 15 through 6. Actually, no, hang on a second. And Psalm 34, verses 15 through 16. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. And Proverbs chapter 12, verse 21. There shall no evil happen to the just. Let's stop there for a second. There shall no evil happen to the just. If you're born again today, you are just. You are justified. You're justified because of what Christ did at the cross. Amen. But it doesn't stop there. It, it goes on and says, But the wicked shall be filled with mischief. What do you think is going on with all the wickedness going on? The wicked people. They're filled with mischief, aren't they? Even nowadays. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. In Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 12, it says, Take him and look well to him, and do him no harm. But do unto him even as he shall say unto thee. Okay. And Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Okay. Purify unto himself a peculiar people. If you're born again today, Jesus says that there will be tribulation. There will be tribulation. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. Verse 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and right raiment. That thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Okay, gold is faith. Gold represents faith. Tried in the fire, it's a fiery trial. Okay, so as a believer, when you go through a fiery trial, when it when it tests your faith, okay. That fire is to help purify you. Okay? Now, it says here to purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. We do good works not to get saved, but because we are saved. We are called as believers to be a peculiar 
different people. And God purified unto himself, which, you know, a peculiar people. Not just for the Jews only, but also Gentiles who believe on the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> now, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is trod, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. In James chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender, and of tender mercy. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 through 20, it says, For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if ye be buffeted for your faults? Ye shall take it, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. You know, sin has consequences. And God will allow you to be buffeted because of your faults. You can, people can do you wrong because of what you did. But God says that if you do wrong, if, if, okay, but God says that if you suffer for right doing, that is acceptable to God. Because when you do the right thing in the sight of God, and when they, when people persecute you for it, this is right. But if you're being persecuted because of what you did, because of your sin and because of your fault, we can and we can sort of imply that it's not acceptable. God does not accept suffering because of your wrongdoings. If you sin and you have to suffer the consequences, if you sin, you have to suffer the consequences. For example, take David. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. You know what happened? There was strife in the house of David because of his sin. He was forgiven of his sins, but he couldn't escape the consequences. So just because, just because you're persecuted, think about that. Just because you're persecuted doesn't mean you're being persecuted for right doing. You can be persecuted for wrongdoing. Let's not be ignorant of that, okay? Now, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for what? Righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28, The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 20 through 21. Have, I, have not I written to thee excellent things and counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth? Thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee?
Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And verse 15 of First Peter chapter 2, it says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18, Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6-7, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to take that Take that and put that in context with Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. Jesus says, I counsel, the, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Amen. Now, um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. But let, an, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's, of, in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. First Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him and well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Amen. Now, um, I believe this is the last section. But uh, let's go back to First Peter chapter 3. <clears throat> and uh, we'll pick up here in verse 18. And, uh, yes, this will be the last section, okay? We're almost done. It says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the, the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah." While the ark was a preparing, where in few that his eight souls were saved by water. The like figure 
whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not putting not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Now, In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we are also weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, For then he must often have suffered suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the world, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. Now, we're getting here into where the Bible says in the days when the ark was a preparing. If you read where that was, the preparation of the ark, the ark is a representation of Jesus Christ. Okay? The ark was being prepared in Genesis chapter 6. Now, typically, we see a lot of... We see a lot of... Um, uh, things associated with the number six. Okay, for an example, uh, the number six is the number for man. Okay, but it's also the number of a beast. Okay, you've got three sixes. Okay, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, six, six, six. Okay, the three sixes. Okay, is an evil, satanic number. Is also uh, is represented as the number of the beast, okay. Um, but six, the number six can also be a number for preparation, because when the ark was a preparing, that was Genesis chapter six. So the number six is also a number for preparation, okay. Um, you know, I'm wondering something. Oops, that's not what I wanted. Let's see here. 
you know, it's very interesting. If you were to type in preparation with an asterisk on it, you'd find four four occurrences. That's interesting. Four occurrences with the as is preparation is preparation with an asterisk at the end is four times in your King James Bible. Think about that. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What do the Gospels do? They prepare you for eternal life. Amen. But we see here that prepar- uh, when the ark was up preparing, okay, that was Genesis chapter 6. Now, uh, Genesis 6, 5 through 8, okay, so verses 5 through 8, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man and whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I made them. It doesn't stop there. It says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay. Genesis chapter 7, verse 23. And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 15 through 19, And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives, with him, every beast, creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth, after their kind, went forth out of the ark. In Acts chapter 16, verses 27 to 34, and the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners have fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for call then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling. And fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his, all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house... He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. In Hebrews 
chapter 9, verse 14. How much, how much more should the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, the word of God, this is the pure water that we ought to be washed with and drink from. Amen. Now, in Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of, and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Mark chapter 16, verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 15. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. You see, Jesus knows how you feel. Jesus Christ never sinned, but he knows how you feel, because he's been through that temptation No matter what you may be going through, Christ knows exactly how you feel. You know, and sometimes I get discouraged because I always wondered, you know, why does God, why is God calling me to be a pastor? Why is he calling me to preach? And yet I'm, it's just the things I struggle with. Well, sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes. But when you are a, when, when you, in a good, okay, so in order to be a good leader, you have to understand and know how others go. You need to understand, as a leader, you ought to understand and know how people feel. And you can't do that unless if you've been through it yourself first. So what I'm saying is, is that all you guys that may be called to preach like me, or called a pastor, like myself, you have, you know, we, um, oh, that was weird, um, but if you called a preaching pastor, you know, and or pastor, um, the things that you're going through, don't, don't discredit that, because the stuff that you're going through yourself may very well be something that you can comfort others later and be able to comfort others the same way you were comforted. Amen? 
you go through those things so that you know how others feel. So you can help them and properly help them. Amen. Now, last verse and we'll close. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. It says, Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So, um, I know that was a lot of information. Okay. A lot of scriptures. A lot of information. And I hope that this is a blessing to you. Okay. Um, we have finished chapter 3. And so we are actually officially half done with First Peter. Okay. Uh, next week, we'll be getting into 1 Peter chapter 4, and uh, we will uh, be going through that, and it's actually not going to be as lengthy of a chapter as what we've been through, okay? And chapter 5 is the last one, and that's going to be very short, so the chapters from here on out are going to start getting shorter, okay? But I just want to encourage you guys, okay, no matter what you're going through, God has a purpose and reason for why you're going through it. Amen. Don't ever discount why you're going through something. Because you could very well be going through it so you can help comfort others. So you can comfort others that will go through the same thing. Amen. So. But that's all I have tonight. Um, again, next week we'll be getting into 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, Friday, uh, this Friday we'll, at 7 o'clock, we will be doing our, fellow, our Friday night fellowship. So please feel free to join in with that. Um, and then I don't know what I'm going to be preaching Sunday, so you, will, you all will be, be in prayer for me on that, okay? Um, but anyways, I, I do want to say this before we go. Again, if you if you appreciate um, what the Lord is doing with these videos, uh, please give the channel a like, share, and subscribe. And please do share these with other um, with other people. Okay, um, that's the best way you can support the channel is by doing so. Um, also by prayer. Okay, prayer is a good thing. Okay, pray if you can pray, that would be that'd be good. All right. So, um, other than that, that's all I got for tonight. Um, that was, you know, it, uh, hopefully that this series is is a blessing to you. Um, I'm hoping that uh, Romans and uh, what do we do before that? I think we did Ephesians. Yeah, we did Ephesians. It's been so long since I. We did Romans and Ephesians, so we preached through those books. So hopefully those have been a blessing for you as well. Amen. And I pray and hope that this will be a, not just a blessing to you, but there might be something hidden in here that I might said that might be convicting uh, to either where you come back to the Lord or you come to the Lord. Amen. So other than that, that's going to be it. Um, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great night. And uh, we'll see you. Lord willing, we'll see you Friday. All right?
God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya. Bye.